Yeah, what's good with y'all? It's your boy Steph, one third of the Open Mic crew. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Conversations. You know, the best, best, best Raw's black voices in all of hip hop media. You know, it's me, Steph, one third of the crew, here with my guys, Joey Morales, and of course, the first lady of the pod, Nat. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves, you know, tell them, let them say what's up, and then we're gonna get right to the shits. You feel me? Hello, everyone. It's Joy Morales. I was pointing at Natsio next, but she insisted that I go. So uh, we about to talk about some pretty good topics today. We're going to be talking about the new JID project, new Michi Darko project, and then we're going to have a conversation towards the end that I think you guys are going to enjoy. So we stay tuned for a very good episode, and then I will pass it off to Nat so you can introduce yourself. What up, y'all? I'm N-A-T. That spells Nat. I don't care how corny that is. I'm going to keep saying it. And... Today, we're going to be talking about J.I.D., 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 J.I.D. Don't get me so excited. Don't get me so excited. <laughs> that was definitely necessary because he 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 put on a show. So that excitement is definitely justified by what he has done. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Hop straight into it, actually. I kinda I was about to say, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, let's just hop right into the shit. You see me? I know y'all can't see the visuals, but, you know, I got the Never Story in the background. Got my DiCaprio 2 hoodie on. Got the Dreamville beanie on. You see me? We here. This man is Dreamville out. And I got my Dreamers on. Y'all can't even see the kicks, but I got my Dreamers on. You feel me? <laughs> ah, ah, ah. You feel me? Yes. This man got the Dreamers on for the Zoom call. That's awesome. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, nah. <laughs> Let's just hop right into the shits. J.I.D. finally dropped a forever story after a long, long, long four-year wait since DiCaprio 2. He's here. He's back. He's ready. He's raw. He's honest. He's emotional. He's vulnerable. Giving us 15 tracks, technically 16 if you count 2007. But sadly, it's not on DSPs due to sample clearances probably. So actually, it is confirmed as due to sample clearances. My apologies. But either way, I'm excited to see what we're all thinking about it. And man, first off, let's talk about the rollout a little bit. because. We've seen the listening parties, the sessions, even the NYPD had to step in. So I want to get y'all thoughts on that for real, for real. Wait, what happened? You ain't here? No. What did you say? The NYPD shut down his listening party. What happened? Was it too lit? It was too lit. What? That's crazy. That's a compliment for real. It's like, you go, we got to shut your shit down, bro. You going too live. Yeah. They had to block off like the whole street and everything. And just to give context to anyone who's probably not familiar, so basically, uh, JID and his team, shout out to Barry Hefner, shout out to Zeke, shout out to Felton Amos, you know, everybody over there. So basically, uh, what they did was they put recreations of, J- of JID's like old Pontiac in like three different locations. It was Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles, and New York. And so basically, he basically said, hey, we have three Pontiacs out there. If y'all can find them, y'all can hear the album. And of course, JID fans went crazy and started searching. Honestly, I was hoping that there was one in DC so that I would somehow, some, could somehow, some way teleport there and start searching. <laughs> you feel me? But nah, so. If he popped up in DC, that would have been tough, though. I feel like a lot that's of people what I'm saying. Out to that jump. Yeah, but nah, like, uh, they were scouring, looking for the album, trying to get a listen. And of course, they found the Pontiacs. And especially in New York, it was crazy. They blocked off a whole section. Then, you know, the NYPD had to get involved. Honestly, I think this is one of the better rollouts we've seen this year in terms of music. What do y'all think? Uh, 
I liked it. Um, I wasn't as in depth as you were because I didn't know like half the shit you were talking about. I'm not gonna cap, but mm-hmm. I think we're like the rollout for me when I was like looking at it from like the singles and like just his promotion, just outside of like all of what just happened uh, recently. I enjoyed it because dance now and surround sound like i've said in the past have been like some of my favorite jid songs to like like ever in his discography so when i was listening to him i was like i was like yeah he's he's turning on me because it's no secret that i used to hate this nigga and now i i think i can officially say that that that's leading in that's leading in (laughs) I think I can officially say that on August 26th, 2022, Joey Morales became a JID fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I'm not a two seven man. I said I do not do not dance. Not dance. Oh, the girl talking about dance. And the whole world's in his hands. Bruh, chill out, chill out. It's hey, they told me what happened. They they told me like at the beginning of the year, both the fan and Natalia, they were just like, We're gonna make you a fan, and the day has come. The day has come. Yeah. After and all we these freestyles that Nat was sending me, they was be- they were they were begging me, but they were telling me, they were demanding that I became a fan. And he, he, with this showing, with this showing, I think I am. But yeah, getting back into like the rollout and everything, I think he did a really good job with it. Like the singles leading up to it, I feel like they like set a really good path for the album to be on. And then like when the album actually dropped, which we'll get into in a second, it like he expanded so much on it and like put so many many ideas in it and just showed like what he was really about so i just very good rollout into it and yeah i'll pass it off to that now let her talk her shit because i know she's i know she's excited about this nigga it is no secret that i am a jidiot 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 so <laughs> i was excited as hell album dropped i damn near screamed shitless and bro <laughs> Every post he made, I'm looking, I'm like, yes, J.I.D., it's almost here. J.I.D., J.I.D., yes, it's almost here. I was like, oh, my God, it's coming soon. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, countdown. And so I couldn't listen to it right away because I had to retighten my siblings' locks. So I'm over here like, come on. And my, my sibling sister locks, so she got a lot of them. So I'm like, bro, hurry this shit up so I can go listen. <laughs> well, I'm trying to listen um, to J.I.D., nigga. Yeah, so I'm like, damn, why you got so many locks? I'm gonna go listen to JID. And then finally I finished that and I'm playing this shit. I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. But I'm gonna save all that for when we start reviews. But I'm happy. I love JID. Mm. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. I I have a lot of thoughts. It's like it, yeah. Who wants to who wants to go first if anyone wants to uh talk about it? I think before we talk about the actual album itself, as it's shown on DSPs, I think we kind of have, it's weird, but we kind of have to start at the end because uh, 2007 was the first like musical, like 2007 is kind of like the benchmark and I think kind of whole album itself. So I think it should start as a nice, like, I don't know, a uh, prelude for how we do our whole review for real. So uh, why don't you guys give me your reactions to what y'all thought about 2007, which by the way, if you haven't listened, 
Uh, again, like I said earlier, it was supposed to be the outro to the album, but it didn't end up making it on DSPs due to samples. So go check it out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. First of all, JID, your father's one of the funniest niggas alive, bro. <laughs> Man, that nigga need to get a job. Get a damn job. You ain't got no job. You ain't got nothing to do. Get a job, nigga. Yeah, <laughs> that Big, bro, the whole thing was killing me. I was like, damn. <laughs> so like Craig's dad from Friday. Get a job. You ain't got yeah. no <laughs> That's how most that's how my dad was when I didn't have a job. He was just like, nigga, you need a job. And I'd just be like, I know, I know I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, he said, nah, pops, it's not about that right now. Music is my job, my guy. Also, finally got El Presidente in the studio. Finally. Mm. And people have been asking for Eve to hop on the mic for a while now. I'm happy. I'm happy, bro. And Christo is a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Like, if we being honest, of this era right now, when it comes to beat switches of this era, he is easily one of the best. Like, he yeah. took that high power sample and turned it into different beats. Dog. And put it on. That, Ten different beat hurt. switches. Ten different beat switches. I want everyone to just count that. Ten different ones. There were ten, actually? There's actually ten different beat switches. That's crazy. Bro, shout out to, shout out to Christo. Huh? Shout out to? Shout out to Christo. When the high power B switch came, dog, I like, I lost, dude. I was like, yo, that was crazy. I really wish that they could have got that sample clear because I don't, was that the one that was the problem or was there like, like yeah? So I don't know. I think we, we were talking about it in the chat. It was like, we don't know if it's like Todd Dog or like whoever it was, was the problem. It's like pissing me off because I feel like it didn't necessarily take away from the album because he still dropped it, but it's like, if it was like if it, if we got that like outro and just like it was just the outro, I feel like it would have been a lot better because like that was a really good song and I actually enjoyed it a lot. And I feel like it summed up what would have been the whole album if it came as the outro. But like when we listen to it like before it, it's like okay, well, I I guess I know how it's gonna end. But we we got the whole thing now, so we get, we get the full story, which is good. But I, really I find it very it. funny that J Cole's artist can't. Ha- can't hop on a J. Cole produced beat and sample it because of because of TDE. I find it very funny. I, I just find no it all very funny. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's either it's somebody over there, somebody at aftermath. Because I know I feel like Cole or Kendrick wouldn't do that. No. I feel like when I feel like they would have signed off on it crazy. So it's like okay, somebody else owns it. Yeah. If Cole if Cole literally made the beat. So it's like, why would he not want his art, own artist on it? And then Kendrick is just like, a, oh, yeah, he, like, supports, like, creativity without throughout, like, the universe of rap. And the world. And besides, we know, and besides, we know Kendrick obviously fucks with Dreamville because he hopped on uh, the court, because he hopped on the course for Under the Sun. And apparently, him and Kaz has something that Kaz just doesn't want to drop. If you go off a of Big Trouble freestyle. If I Chase, I would be on. Mm. Yeah. No, 2007 was a really good track. I I think it got people a lot more hype for what the Forever Story was going to be because it, it like, I feel like it summed up what Jid's life was like up until this point really well. Like the storytelling was really, it was enjoyable to listen to like his story coming to, coming up. But yeah, it was, 
it was it was really good. It was really good. All right. So now I think it's safe to say that we can get into the full, full review. Obviously, I'm just going to do this ladies first because not only is she probably the most excited, but I know she's probably got the most to say. And honestly, I'm interested to hear it all. So Nat, go ahead, take it away. And that's a lot of scrolling. So just please let us know. She got the notes out, but she was that's she had like 10 scrolls on that job. I always got the notes on deck. Honestly, I don't even need them. This album was really good. I don't know why I was smoking in the first place. I had nothing negative to say about anything. It mm. was amazing. And let me tell you something. I put this on Twitter and Earth Gang liked it. What I tweeted was, can't punk me. That shit gave me a fucking orgasm. That song was so fucking good. <laughs> oh my God, this course is going crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, everybody is snapping. Everyone's flow going crazy. Everybody coming with the bars. Wild Ray over here talking about some, I don't really fuck with these niggas like Gandhi. For y'all who don't know, Gandhi, yeah, promoting peace or whatever. But Gandhi was also a racist-ass motherfucker calling us kafers and shit. So fuck Gandhi. And he talking about, I don't fuck with these niggas like Gandhi. And I was like, yes, that's a good switch up. Because I'm sick of these niggas saying, I hate niggas, Uncle Ruckus. That's all. He switched it up and said, fuck Ruckus, Gandhi. And then, surprise sound, we already went over there. Cody Blue 31, I was like, that was definitely probably it it's our it's definitely probably one of my favorite tracks on the album cody blue easily first of all by the way uh shout out to oh my god shout out to the family of the kid that take that shout out to the kid shout out to the family of the kid whose the track is named after uh he got i'm almost like 90 percent certain that it's because uh he sadly passed away in a shooting and uh that's why jid named the track after him mm. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Now your passion is going fucking Wait. crazy, dog. That what? Your passion is going crazy. Like I can hear it in your voice. I love JID. I got my Earth Gang shirt on. That's how much I love that verse from Wow Great. Okay, that was a really good song. And now we're gonna um. Let me scroll. Let me scroll. Just in time with Lil Wayne and Kenny Mason. First of all, that transition from when it Lil Wayne was rapping, Lil Wayne was rapping, and then there was a pause, and it went right back to JID. I was like, oh. Yeah, that was good. God. And also, now we know intro of Stick. Now we know where that came from. That was Kenny Mason on this hood. And he was like, I got a time. I was like, oh, that's where that's from. But that had me a little curious after that. Because then J.I.D. said something like, if it's up or whatever, he said some shit right after. So I was like, is that from something else that y'all going to drop later? Where's that from? That would be cool. At this yeah. point, I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Mason and J.I.D. had a whole EP just worth of stuff in the vault because they seem to have a really good and a really tight chemistry. Honestly, I expected for JID to be on the pup pack, which uh, Kenny Mason dropped last week. Yeah. So but shout out to Kenny Mason, by the way, if you haven't listened to that pup pack, it goes crazy. Please do check it out. I think you could probably make, Oh, sorry. I think you could probably like make an EP like with everything they've dropped so far, but like, if they have like one in the vault too, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Okay, as I was saying, also money, this bar, it was like ironic that being broke is an expensive lifestyle. And I was like, it is. Mm. Was that like, was one of my favorite bars on the whole album. Yeah, when he said that, I was like, ooh, got to pause and write that down. <laughs> also, stop going song for song, because if I do that, we'll be here all day, except for this right here. 
where um on crack sandwich but king's gotta peep the c word the caesar and also there was another one i quoted i know i said just this one but i lied on um just in time tie them down inspect them disconnect them if there's any power that was also crazy i was like oh my god they're going crazy okay that's the last time i'm gonna go song for song but i'm gonna say it's overall as an album what i loved was on tracks that were like bar heavy they were bar heavy but you can mm -hmm. also hear there were tracks where he didn't go bar heavy but he made up for it because he was telling a story and he was doing a good job painting an image and telling that story and oh my god this album was so beautiful okay i'm done really no i'll give her five if you want to keep talking you can keep talking bro go ahead <laughs> the floor is yours okay okay I mean, I said a lot on a, let me scroll, let me scroll. Also, I want to talk about Brett and M and Sister and M. Those are some beautiful ass songs. I saw a lot of people in the um, JID community chat on Twitter. They were all saying that those are their favorite songs. And I was like, I could see that because the storytelling was beautiful. JID once again, kind of with these beautiful ass vocals showing everybody that JID can sing. JID stands for Jackson in disguise. He can sing. And then you also had Lil Dirt. Stop laughing at me, Alex. You also had Lil Dirt coming in here, just spitting with his storytelling shit, telling his story. And I was like, okay, Lil Dirt. And let me tell you something. Can't make you change. Oh my God. Ari. She sounded like, you know, like back in like the 50s and them 60s, those little lounge singers, and they would like singing with the little puffy thingies around their neck. And those yeah, little yeah, yeah. I can't make you change. That's That was her. I was like, ooh, you better sing that shit, Ari. <laughs> you can tell that her tonal inflections are You can tell that her tonal inflections are taken from Gladys Knight and the Pips. Like, there's a certain early record from there that you can tell that she's very much almost damn near interpolating uh i'm forgetting the name right now but yeah it's very much in that donna summer gladys knight type of um type of lane yeah i liked it that analogy was really good and i can definitely see her like on stage like with like a dead animal around her neck or something like that <laughs> ox or something like yeah nah chinchilla bro chinchilla <laughs> oh no oh no or, or maybe she skins a boom fool and put her around her. Because, you know, oh, no, she was jumping <laughs> like him. And th that's a little JID reference there for all the real ones. That's funny as shit. Okay. I'll stop for now. Now I'm done because I can go on for a whole five hours. So now I'm done. <laughs> we okay. can move on. Uh, Steph, you want to go or do you want me to put my thoughts I want on? you to go. I'll, I'll end it. Okay. So... Being the newest JID fan here, uh, I thought this was a very good showing from him. This is the because every let me let me talk about like my story kind of because like when I first heard JID from like the Never story, I hated his voice. Like I could not stand it, and like that's been like my biggest gripe with him up until like this point. But like I feel like he's matured so much from like. The Never Story and DiCaprio and DiCaprio 2 and all that stuff. Like, he sounds so much better, like, with his rapping and, like, his flow and just, like, how he sounds overall. I just feel like it's so much, like, just, you can see the growth throughout his career. So it's, 
like that was really good that's the first thing i want to say um galaxy was like funny to like intro it i thought it was like the voice call gave me like i forgot what vibe it was but i liked it and then um everyone dance now surround sound those are great i don't want to get too deep into them radar was cool because i feel like it's happening to like his like the football aspects that he put into it were really cool uh with like the personal foul number six like i thought that was really nice that was a good touch uh crack sandwich was really good uh i felt the bar when he was like we don't got cheeseburger money make a sandwich i was like well i know that shit too well <laughs> It was like you just I just want McDonald's or something, but like he's, you got McDonald's money, nigga. Hey bro, I'm just I'm seven years old. I'm just trying <laughs> trying to get this food, bro. Uh Cody Blue 31 is probably my favorite, like not single from the album. Um I want to say, but in them, I thought that was good, but I feel like if Lil Dirk wasn't on the song, I feel like it kind of would have been filler for me. Cause like the storytelling was good, yes, but I don't know. Jid wasn't as captivating as he was in the other tracks on this one. So I feel like when Lil Durk came in, that like made my ears perk up. Nat, your face is looking crazy. <laughs> but I, thought, but I didn't know if that was one of your favorite songs or something. But yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought Lil Durk kind of, he didn't carry it, but I feel like that he was like more of a highlight for that uh, song. And then Sister and Them, dog. When James Blake came in, you know that meme where it's like, um, it's academics when he was listening to Sycamore for the first time and Drake came in and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but that's how I felt, bro. I was like, yo, this nigga James Blake out the cut. And then I, know, I saw that he had some production credits on it as well. So that was really cool. Um, definitely one of my favorites off the album. Uh, Stars is really good. I like the Yasin Bay feature. Um, Justin, <laughs> such a full circle moment, but I'm gonna let you keep talking. Yeah, that was dude. Hearing him coming, I was like, "This is really good." Um, the little Justin time was good, but I feel like I need to give more time for me to actually like, understand that track. Not that like I didn't get it, but I feel like I don't appreciate it as much as I should right now. Um, Launder Two was really good. I think that's in my top five as well. Uh, and yeah, just overall, I. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I think this is going to make my top 10 albums of this year list. So it's crazy to think how far I've come to like just despising this nigga to like now being like a full-time fan because I, he's, he's grown on me so much. And I feel like that makes it like a lot better for like an artist. Cause like now you can like see their growth and like your growth with them because like now it's like, I can appreciate what they're doing now. So this is very good. I actually enjoyed this a lot. And yeah, that was it was really good. It was really good. What about you, Stefan? What are your what are your thoughts? Okay, so my thoughts, uh my thoughts basically, oh my God. So honestly, I'm this was so worth the wait. Like I don't even know what to say, bro. Like it was just so it, it was so worth the wait, yo. Like I'm a um, okay, maybe I'm not as like outlandish or showy about it as Nat is, but like I've been following like JID for like the longest, bro. So like the evolution is definitely like one to see. Like he's one of these people who like I've been thinking. Okay, so I've been telling I I I don't talk about this a lot, but like 
on the podcast because I'm mostly focused on other people's art whenever I'm on here, but I am an artist myself. And so I've been thinking recently about like people who have been like inspiring me more and more in projects that are doing so. And right now the only like three have been Kendrick, Red Veil, and Kendrick, Red Veil, Logic, and uh book and what's I believe. So like four. But JID Jeff definitely just dropped number five. Like this album is it's 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 inspiring me in ways I didn't think. And it's I the best part about it is that I love that this is his most vulnerable project. Like everyone knows that he's a spitter. He's been spitting up and down for the for however long it's been. He's been spitting up and down even when he wasn't dropping albums. He's been on a crazy feature run where he's been proving to everyone he's one of the best in the game. He realized that with this album, he had to talk about himself, which I'm kind of, I'm loving this trend that I'm seeing uh, about rap this year because that was the same thing I said when we talked about Trauma Z and I was talking about, this is what I always wanted from Meg. We know that she can make a hit, but we need to learn about her. I felt like yeah. I've met, I felt like I've learned more about JID in this album than I have over the, I don't know, however many years I've been following him as a fan. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. He's giving you like a deeper insight to like his life and like what his progress has been throughout these like past couple of years. And I love how it's such a cohesive narrative that ties into the rest of, that ties into not just uh, the Never story because it is a sequel to it, but it also just as a whole stands on it on itself. I feel like I'm not gonna lie. The list of the the list of producers that he worked with on this project, I would have not have thought of at all, especially with lead singles from Christo and uh, DJ Scheme. Him tapping in with Monty Booker, I knew he was gonna tap in with because he has heavy Dreamville connections. Um, but James Blake, I didn't expect to have so many credits and such a mm. hand on it. Not, not even. It wasn't even a person that I thought would be like in the same circle. I was like, what? James Blake and JID. Yeah, <laughs> K. Trinata producing uh can't punk me. Like it, 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 it makes sense, but it also surprised me at the same time. And it's just mm-hmm. such a really, really great pairing. Speaking of which, um, I saw Earth Gang tweet that uh they got like fifty collabs with JID. I'm not talking about if it's and. I know that they already have a lot out if you count the Spillage Village stuff and if you count just like the collabs they have just in general. But whatever is left of that 50, I need them all to drop for a fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, overall, I really, really am proud. I There's no, like, I, I'm proud. Like, I think watching jid these past couple years ascend to the role that he's been in because he used to be like my favorite little secret in high school now i'm about to graduate college and like he's i'm 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 just proud to be where he's at he's been grammy nominated he's been on these huge albums and he's someone that everyone is finally like i've been on like i usually hate being on twitter but i've been on twitter a lot today just to see what people are thinking about the album and it's been nothing but like universal love and praise and so to see him, one negative thing about this shit, bro, like it's like, no, it's like undeniably good. Like it's crazy. Exactly. And so it, first of all, it's weird to have such a personal connection to an, like it's weird to have such a personal connection to an artist who probably doesn't know shit about you or know that you exist. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, we met him, but yeah, like we did, we did meet JID. We did meet JID. I, I love that picture so much. Same. 
back when I, back when I used to hate that nigga. I put my middle finger up in that shit. <laughs> but now, nah, like I love, I love, uh, yeah, like it's it's so weird to have such a personal connection to an artist that like who doesn't really even know that you exist outside of like that one little instance. But I, I, there's no other words I have other than the fact that I'm proud and I kind of almost want to. I broke down crying listening to the album because of just like Nigga, one how person every album my bar. No, 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 no. Only like the only like the artists that really like only like the artists that really actually that's exaggerating. It wasn't like I cried. It was more like a little thug tear came out. That was yeah. The one. You was like this nigga made it. Yeah, like that was really it. But um, overall, oh my god, when we go to this Cuddy show, there might be tears though. That's the only thing. that's that's definitely. <laughs> but now. Probably for me, I thought I was gonna cry at the Kendrick show, but I didn't. So yeah. I, I may cry at Cuddy, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, like I, 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 I might have to stifle it before next. Thing you know, all I see is, haha, knew you bitch ass motherfucker. Anyway, but no. <laughs> Over back, getting back to the actual topic. Like I just really, I'm really proud of JID, and I think, um, I'm excited to see what happens next because the, the he's the only person who could make part of his rollout for this album. Him talking about his next album and the fact that DiCaprio 3 is coming and it's going to be a real true Gangster Girls. I saw that tweet, yeah, where he was like, it's going to be a Gangster Girls tape. That's going to be tough. Yeah, but nah, I'm happy to see that he's going to link back up with drama. And uh, I don't know. Overall, again, I'm just really proud. I really love it. I don't, it's, I, I kind of, I don't want to like fine tooth it with a comb right now, but like my only problem would be like, man like there there is no problem like it's it's weird to say like there is no problem <laughs> for me right it's now it's too flawless the only thing is that like the only thing is that sometimes there are some spots where like it's weird like there's no i always talk about like the path and i kind of treat like albums like a roller coaster there's no like easy segue into some of the more slower paced tracks from like a lot of the, like bangers row for row yeah like there's no there's really no middle ground it's just like it's just like these really like high energy jumps, and then it's just like, vroom, like, is so that's really the only thing. But that's like if I like really wanted to like nitpick, you feel me? Yeah. But nah, um, I don't know. We we got I don't know. Um, let's hop into our favorite tracks from this album. Um, uh, my top five right now is Dance Now. Which is probably my favorite Jid song ever. Uh-huh. The round sound, Cody uh-huh. B31, uh-huh. System M, and then Lauder 2. Uh-huh. Gotcha, gotcha. If uh 2007 was on the actual like album, I think that would have probably been like four or five, maybe. Got you. But yeah, that's my top five right now. Um, my top five, uh, number one, Cody Blue 31. Number two, Dance Now. Number three, Can't Punk Me. Uh, number four, Brother Nam. Speaking of which, I didn't talk about this initially, but I love the new pockets that Lil Durk is playing around with. Like, I really love the way, I really love how he's just hopping in and out of the beat. And then uh, number five, let's go Surround Sound. Yeah. Nat, top five. I don't know, my favorite. Pull out the bone, can't punk me, bitch. Pull out the bone, can't punk me, bitch. Nice. That's- that oh. That song, that's my favorite. Easily, easy number one. Easy. <laughs> number two is Dance Now. Number three is Surround Sound. Number four is Just In Time. 
because that song was, oh my God. But yeah, that song was great. And number five, I'll probably give it to Crack Sandwich. Okay. Oh, speaking of Crack Sandwich, I love how it's literally a story about him and his family just all beating down on someone and how it's like family unity because he's like, anyone that knows, uh, anyone that knows uh, JID is the fact that he's like the smallest of seven. He literally is the run of his family. So him talking about how him and all of his like older siblings just like beat down on some dude, that was kind of cool. Also, um, I think on System M, he talks about how who he ta- whoever he's like emotioning to, I think it's like a close family friend, obviously female. Uh, he says that like she doesn't want to participate in pagan holidays. I thought that was a really good bar because of the fact of anyone that knows JID, his birthday is on Halloween, Halloween, pagan holiday. That was I think, a very like interesting way to do it and so unique to his story. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A little like, Easter egg for the real fans. For real, for real. But yeah, uh, Nat, uh, did, did I cut you off? My bad. Anything else you want to point out in your top five? All right. So I think now it's safe to say let's get to these ratings. What are we rating this out of 10? Uh, While they think, since unlike them, I always come prepared. I'm going to go through my handy dandy notes. And I wasn't, I wasn't thinking. This, I is the first, I'm, this is the first album that I've ever reviewed where every song got a perfect 10. So this is a 10 out of 10 album. And this is coming from my nitpicky ass. Good job, Jed. Keep doing what you're doing. I am curious to see how the fuck you're going to top it because this album was really good. 10 out of 10 album. You Alex, close the damn mouth. You gave every single song a 10. That's every what I'm saying. Got a 10. Are you sure it's not just because you're hype or like this is like an actual like do you think there'll still be tens like within a week? Yes. It was like five in the morning. I'm angry as hell listening to this. I wanted to go to bed. I'm mad. So yes, this is a legit 10. Had nothing to do with hype. I was angry at everything and wanted to go to sleep. And it still got a 10. So no bias factor. No bias. I, every I, single song got a 10. There every, were no nines. Not a single nine. Everything, not a 9.999. Everything is a fucking 10. Bro, my, I can't like close my jaw. I've never seen this before. Every song got a 10. Dude, I dude, you know how much I love T-Pap? And I don't even think every song on there is a 10, bro. Like, what? Compared to this? Okay, so I think now we have to ask, is this going to be your album of the year? Yes. Okay, well, all right. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Between this or Ghetto Gods, I love them both. What does Ghetto Gods have, then, if this is a 10 out of 10? Dude, you gave every single song of this a 10 if this isn't your well, album of the year. We didn't, we didn't do a Ghetto Gods review, so I would have to go back and listen and grade that. Because oh. when I listen to Ghetto Gods, I don't listen to that. I didn't nitpick and grade like i did with this so i gotta re-listen to that but yes. this would be yes all right can you at least give an estimate though i just say yeah oh wait you meant for the rating yeah nigga i don't know i gotta re-listen what part of i don't know i gotta re-listen do you not understand yes but at least you have a general idea though so like that's what i'm asking for I didn't sit down and grade it i gotta sit down and grade it in order to give you a real score i'm not just gonna look in the air say mm, and then give you a guesstimate yeah i feel like i gotta like be with it to actually like give it like an actual score but 
Uh, for me, I think it's probably like around like the high eights for me, low nines. I feel like I give that to every album, but like, I feel like for this one, it's actually going to stay because for some albums in the past, I've, I've given it like an eight and like it kind of like dwindles down. So maybe like a six or a seven because I don't come back to it as much. But I think this is going to like stay in like the high eights and like maybe even get into the nines as I listen to it more because I think this is definitely going to grow on me more as I continue to listen. Sure, sure. I totally get that. Um, honestly, myself personally, I'm probably, I'm definitely giving this a 9.2. Yeah, it's like a 9.2, 9.3. I could definitely see this moving up to a 9.5, 9.6 for uh, how I kind of like tabulated everything together. But yeah, it's right now, 9.2, really solid, really strong album. And again, man, like, I'm just proud. Like, I'm really just proud of the growth. I'm proud of you know, this current place of where J.I.D. stands in the landscape of uh, hip-hop right now. And I think that I- I'm I'm hoping that he's saying that he'll never, like, retreat or, like, go into hiding or go, or, like, his fans never go without an album for as long as we did now. So I'm excited to see a way more active J.I.D. Because in my opinion, he was already pretty active, like, with features and stuff. So... If we're getting now like full bodies of work, like at a quicker pace, and I know that he's always gonna be the one to try and top the next, so I'm interested, man. That he'll lose like as much. Like, do you think he'll like be able to top the Forever Story with like faster releases because he's not gonna be able to put as much time and effort into one project? I'm not necessarily sure. I think that we just. I think the way to stop that or to defeat that is to start looking at projects from different contexts, you know, like him doing something so drastically different from this very like um, introspective and reflective body of work is him doing a gangster grills with DJ drama and him really hopping on other people's beats. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It is going to be a different vibe that he's going to set. So it's definitely, you got to look at it in a different light. So mm-hmm. But yeah, man, uh, that's like, all I'm going to say is that I'm excited. I'm very happy that it looks like the lights have not gone dark on JID. Speaking of dark, let's get right into this Michi Darko album, Gothic Luxury. That was awful. (laughs) I know. I tried. I was like, no, no, no. no. I respect the effort, Mm -hmm. but... Wait, that was that was kind of bottom of the bin. Not it was definitely a stretch. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Michi Darko released his new album. What was it Gothic? Gothic Luxury. Luxury. For those that don't know, Michi Darko is one third of the. Uh, can we call them a supergroup? Like because they do no. have no. Nah. No. I'm just being. I'm just making sure. Damn. <laughs> Look at me! Look, I got three heads. Yeah, I mean it's it's no. they're good. They're good. I wouldn't say they're a super group though. All right, coming out of the I don't know the underground spectacle and the underground wave that was a flat that is Flatbush Zombies and their whole group. Uh, he's one third of them. He is technically their front man. Yeah, I think most would agree that he's the front man. Yeah, yeah. and so. Michi Darko has dropped his first official solo album. He's not the first member of uh, Flatbush Zombies to go solo, though. So it's not like a 
at least I'm predicting it's not like a oh we got tired of each other and now we're just gonna drop solo music. Uh, Zombie Juice does solo features all the time, and Eric the Architects dropped like full albums. Like, yeah. so he's not he's not the first. He's I think he's just finally playing catch up. You know, I think he's the one to have like the biggest like drop because I think Zombie Juice only has a couple singles under his belt for like himself. And I know mm-hmm. that Eric has that EP, but. Yeah, I think this is like the full like album from like one of the the zombies. So this yeah. is the biggest thing they've had. I think um Joey, why don't you tell us what you thought? You can start it off. This <laughs> I feel like you you can already tell what my thoughts are because I don't know what to say. Like it's I don't it's it's not good. <laughs> like, I I I support Michi, and I think he has a great voice. I think his voice is really powerful. But I feel mm-hmm. like on its own, it just gets tiring. Like mm-hmm. after a while, I was just like, "Bro, I'm still listening to this nigga." Like, <laughs> I think like, that's not, that's not like a diss to him. Like, I'm I'm really I I admire him, and like I like. I want to see him succeed and like make good music because he has made good music that I enjoy, but like only like alongside other people, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like Zombie Juice and Eric, like they were a good balance for his like abrasiveness and like his command over a beat. Because I think yeah. when it was just him, it was just like there was like it was too much for my ears, bruh. Like after like I think I got like maybe like, like song like track five or six on it, I was like, dude, I'm like. I'm still listening to this shit. Good God. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it started off really grand. And like, I think he wanted to make like this big thing where it was like, this is my album, you know? But like, <laughs> I think it just, it like worked against it because it was, it's hard to get into. And like, it's not as memorable as like I would have liked it to be, except for the singles are good. I think mm-hmm. the best thing about this album is the singles. Uh, the one with Fred, hold on, let me look at that. The one with Freddie Gibbs and A Track. Yeah, there was a On God. God, dude. That, I think that's my probably my favorite song because I actually I like the chorus. Freddie Gibbs' feature was really good. What Michi was talking about was really cool, but mm-hmm. I feel like I only like it as much because when I heard it as a single, it was just it was like three minutes of his voice and like it, it was complimented by other people. To where when I'm listening to an entire album, it's like it's so like it's. I don't want to use the word draining, but like mm-hmm. it's it's a lot to listen to all at once. So gotcha. when it was just like in a single form, I was like, oh, this is really good. But like just for the, the whole album as a whole, I couldn't really get that deep into it because I just I don't think he was talking about I don't think there was a lot of substance to it. I think it was just like produced like really like highly. And he was trying to match that with his voice. And like I think it just everything was like a clusterfuck of just kind of sound over this entire project. And yeah, I get that for sure. I say this, I say all that, and it's all, I know it's something really negative, but I do like Michi Darko. I do like Five Bridge Zombies. I just feel like not that everyone has to stay in the group, because I feel like especially if you don't want to stay in the group, you, you want to talk about stuff that you had to say on your own that's always welcome but like Mm -hmm. think he would work best within the group setting where he can be like complimented by other voices and other ideas to where it's not just like him so yeah those are those are my thoughts on 
gothic luxury. Not the not the best showing, but I I I can in my I I can appreciate that I'm I'm trying to say something positive, but I just uh, I'm struggling. I I I that makes sense. Um <laughs> Nat, what did you think? That um did not grab my attention at all. No. I kept pausing it. And then I would like pause it and then I would get distracted. Then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be listening to this. <laughs> like, eh, I'm bored again. It's, it's not like, captivating. Nah, not at all. Also, a lot of y'all rappers need to drink some damn water. I'm sick of you aggressive, raspy having niggas, raspy voice having niggas thinking that you could just come up here with a raspy ass voice and think that'll distract from the fact that you're not doing nothing. Drink some damn water, stop smoking them cigarettes, and put some actual thought into what you're saying. You think just because you come in here, yeah, ABC, EMG, QRS, DUV, WXYZ. Y'all are not DMX. Y'all are not Ja Rule. Y'all cannot just... DMX and Ja Rule actually had talent, so let me say that. I love DMX. DMX had his raspy voice, but he also had the bars. A lot of y'all niggas coming in here with y'all raspy-ass voice and saying nothing. Yeah! And I have a condo! And I have two cars! Yeah! Bars, nigga, bars! Shut the fuck up! Drink some damn water! Stop damn! You are hilarious! <laughs> oh my god! I agree with everything you're saying, except for the fact that Michi does have lines on this project. I think overall, musically, is where it falls apart. But in terms of just actual lines, like, we all, like, anyone who's heard his group work with Flatbush Zombies knows that Michi can spit, and it doesn't fail here. Like, I just honestly think, like, the voice... uh, I think that Michi does have one of the more distinct voices in hip hop. And oh my God, I can't stop thinking about her doing the alphabet with that voice now. That's what I'm saying, dog. I'm geek, though. Anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to deliver this. And, but nah, um, what I'm, but oh my God, I can't stand y'all. Anyway. Now is he still laughing, bro. Right. That's as funny as fuck. <laughs> All right, my false fan, you can talk, bro. No, 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 no. I it's not you. It's the fact that we just had to listen to Gothic Sesame Street. Gothic Sesame Street, dog. No way. Tommy counts his head. One, two, three, four. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of tickle me Elmo, she turned into Newport me Elmo. We go the ten today. (laughs) Sound like black and mild Big Bird. Oh hell no. Anyway, oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard to hold it together, but no. Um, anyway, I think like the one point, the one part, this album, the biggest takeaway I took from it was this album wants to be a Rick Ross album so badly, especially in terms of the production. Like, am I the only one that thought that? I think it definitely wants to be in the more like the grand like music setting. I don't think it was like trying to be Rick Ross, but I definitely see like where you're going with that. You can't just, tell me that you can't tell me that every beat on this doesn't sound like Aston Martin music low key. 
No. It's on the especially on the front half, bro. The front half, which by the way, it usually my biggest problem with albums is that like the back half will always fall off. No, this one had the inverse. The front half was very like mundane to me. The back half is kind of where it picks up. Um, I think but, it picks up in the back because that's where like the singles are. But yeah, I think it's over. I I really wasn't captivated by any point of this album, honestly. So I just. Yeah, I think uh, there were highlights of like gothic music and like mm. like maybe like some organs and shit, but I don't think it like captivated anything to where it's like it captured an actual like focus or yeah. an idea. So I just yeah. it's his first album, so I feel like he can definitely grow from this for sure. And like I'm not gonna lie, like this is gonna sound incredibly disrespectful to say, but like. The whole time I was listening throughout this album, I was like, okay, Michi, I like you. I like your verses. I like what I like the lines that you're saying because you have bars. But and some of the courses, like uh some of the courses, I'm not gonna lie, some of the courses are actually pretty good. Like Friday You, I really like that course. That got stuck in my head on God. That was a pretty good that was a really good course that got stuck in my head. Yeah. Um but um all it made me think was Damn, I, I just really want Flatbush Zombie music. Yeah, I was thinking about that a lot too, bro. I was just kind of like, I want some other, I want Zombie Juice and Eric to be here. Like, and I hate to like, I don't want to like hold him to like, you have to be in a group, nigga, because he obviously yeah. wants to make music on his own. But I just, I feel like he does so much better when he's working with them. So it was just, I was thinking about it a lot. Like I was looking, <laughs> I was looking through the discography. I was like, dang, I kind of want to tap back into, uh, what they was doing back then so yeah i definitely wanted to re-listen to a lace odyssey uh after listening to that album but then we had to get right into recording so i was like damn uh but i will say that one great thing that came out of this album lost souls is a great fucking track yeah. it was it was probably one of the better ones yeah but i think even still it's, it's like I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be listening to it as much. I think the only track I'm going to come back to is probably On God for real. But that's Lost because it's got your bald legend on there. Huh? That's because it's got your bald legend on there. <laughs> nah, because Freddie, I feel like I, I come back for the chorus and what Michi is saying, because I feel like that's one of the tracks that he's like actually doing pretty well on. And yeah, mm-hmm. Freddie Gibbs is on it. So yeah, I, <laughs> the bald legend. <laughs> the bald, bro, he is your hairless savior. <laughs> I have one savior and that's Kendrick Lamar, but he's not my savior because he said he's not my savior. So I don't have a savior. He is not your savior. <laughs> but not, um, honestly, I think lyrically it, it holds up. It's nothing really different from what we've heard from Michi before. It's, it's it de- delivers some pretty solid bars. Uh, some of the standouts, he went, he got a black thought feature. He got a black thought feature. Like I, I honestly didn't expect it, but they sounded pretty good together. Uh, on God, which you talked about, was a really good single. I understand why it was the first single to drop. Um, and I thought, yeah. uh, Get Lit was the first one. Get Lit. Or Die. Yeah, Get Lit or Die Trying was the first one, I think. Oh, okay. My bad. Then the second single. But um, yeah. my apologies. But what I will say, uh, though, the production by Dr. Genius impressed me. Like, it's an executive produced by him. It impressed me. It kept me. It was really the only thing that kept me motivated personally. Like, I know that y'all had, there were no parts for y'all where y'all were really captivated. But for me, it was the production that really just kept me in the whole time. Uh, 
And I would like to hear more Michi and Denzel. To be fair, I would like to hear Denzel with just about everybody, though. So, you know, take that as you yeah, Honestly, I think Denzel can work with anyone, and I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah. But where are we putting this in terms of rankings? I mean, ratings. Let's start with that. First of all, my throat hurts from all that. But Pause. I'm gonna give it a nigga, dip, bro. I'm gonna give it a solid. I don't know. It wasn't bad. I was just bored. I'll give it a solid six. And first of all, my whole rant was not about him specifically. It's just when I listen. No, it wasn't about him. It's just when I listen to that title track. The first thing I hear is him screaming at me with that raspy voice. I was like, damn, nigga. And that just made me think. I'm like, hold a lot of these raspy ass voice niggas think that they can just come out here all aggressive with a raspy ass voice and not say nothing. That made me think of that. So I wasn't referring to him. I fuck with Flatbush Zombies. Just yeah. had to make that clear. I don't need him coming after me. I wasn't talking about you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he just falls into that category. It's just his voice reminded me of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it a six too. Like it's not. I'm not. Like I think the exact same thing that Nat said. Like I'm not mad at it. I just think that it could have done a lot more, and it just it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And I feel like he he has a lot to grow from this. He has a lot of space to grow from this. So damn, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be really hard. I'm going to come off as a harsh one then because I'm giving this about four, maybe a five. Yeah. Like, I'm, I definitely it, understand that. Not not just because of, like, the like in my mind, like, we can all kind of agree that Flatbush, especially since we're all on the East Coast, Flatbush Zombies is kind of like an underground East Coast staple. Regardless yeah. of how you want to cut it, they're, they're a staple for what it means to be a blogger and on the East Coast. So... For you to kind of step outside of that and start to develop your own, um, it, of course, it's always encouraged, especially since he was the front man. You know, he's the first voice and the most distinguishing person on there. But and he got Dot the Genius to executive produce this, kind of like crazy. But I didn't know that. Yeah, so like, I I really feel like a lot of it was kind of like the same that we expected. Like there was really no differentiation between the music that we would hear from him when he was with the group or from when we was with, or from here, all the only difference is, you know, no Eric or no zombie juice, which by the way, I find very funny. Cause like the funniest thing I saw from the, uh, the funniest thing I saw from the release party for this album was them all reuniting and looking happy and that they, you know, like each other and everything. And they're getting ready to do shows together and just Eric looking high as hell in that photo. <laughs> he did look burnt out. But not. Yeah, I said that zombie juice kind of looked like Dan DeVito, which is funny as shit. Right, that really. That shit was hilarious. But not nah, um, overall, like I'm giving this a four because it just there's. It's one thing for an artist to step out of a group and for there to be growth. That's that's kind of the expectation. That's the hope. Yeah. But this is a regression, in my opinion. So. Damn. I don't think he regressed. I just feel like he kind of like took took a wrong step to start off. I feel like the features kind of saved. I feel like the features and the production kind of saved a lot of this. I think the production kind of worked against it. Damn, we this is the first time we've had like conflicting thoughts. Yeah, but I think we all agree. Like, we all agree on a very general consensus, but yeah. it's the reasoning. Yeah, it's the reasoning as to why it's ass. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why we're not fucking with it? Real yeah. quick, I do want to say when you was talking about Freddie Gibbs, thanks to what happened, I can't hear his name without thinking, oh, what's that? What's that too goofy? <laughs> what's that? Oh, that's too goofy. I'm about to go for it. <laughs> when he said that shit to Benny, that shit was, oh my God. When he said that shit to Benny, that shit was hilarious. And we will get into that a little bit later. That was a transition, motherfucker. I'm saying nothing else. You ruined my transition. Thank you so much, Stefan. I don't know how you didn't get that, bro. I was <laughs> no, <Nah>, but <laughs> I fucking shot this nigga left. Oh my left. <laughs> that was a pretty good transition that I actually like Thank that. Thank you. Hey, um, I'll yeah. be on the topic. What's some other rappers who collab that got beefed now? That's what I was gonna say. Then here he go interrupting me. Great. We'll talk about that later. Like, nigga, we're talking about it now. No, because y'all ain't got nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, as Nat was saying, y'all, we're about to transition into our next topic. We're gonna be talking about artists that have beef now that have collabs in the past that we enjoy. So I think the first one we have to talk about is the Freddie and Benny beef because I feel like that's like the front runner or what got this topic started. So yeah, these these niggas having some petty ass beef on Twitter. Niggas not even in the studio, bro. They just going back and forth on social media. These niggas is funny. They they are hilarious. Now Freddie, dude. Well, I don't. I, I know our whole thing is like we don't like getting like the personal lives of people, but like, I will say this like. The going against Freddie and beef, bruh, is never a good idea. Cause this nigga, he's I don't even know what it is. He's just like funny and like he will be flaming you and he'll get other niggas to flame you like with him. And it's crazy because I like both of these artists, so I don't want either of them to lose, but like Benny's been getting flamed, bruh. I don't know. I don't know. I think the only thing he has on him is that he got jumped. So I'm gonna be just saying that randomly. Because the way he did his legs when he said it, he was like, oh, what's this? What's this right here? These are two good feet. I might go for a run later. <laughs> like, why are you doing his legs? Like, why was... are you saying it like that, bro? Like, these two good feet, man. <laughs> He was like, can you do that, bitch? <laughs> oh, my God. But nah. It was funny. They, it's so crazy because they started off, like, they have two collabs with each other, one on Benny's project and one on uh, Freddie's project. I think it was Burden of Proof and Alfredo, respectively, for each of them. Yeah. So they have, they, and they, dude, they sound so good together. They both work with the Alchemist. They both have ties with other artists i know they all like they work well within the same group and now these niggas beefing so it's like i don't i don't think we're ever gonna get another check of these niggas so no but i do have to ask frank lucas or one way flight frank lucas frank lucas yeah that's where i'm going not yeah frank lucas yeah all right um does anyone have it? Okay, so since we all, so what are some of the other tracks that have come from artists who either have beef or have had beef that y'all prospectively like? Well, I want to start with this one because this one's kind of funny to me. 
the fact that Rico Nasty and Asian Doll made a whole song about how they best friends. The song is called Amigos. Oh, so it's like Rico Nasty, that bitch is my amigo. I don't know, Alex Face, I'm guessing he's never heard that song. But yeah, it's Asian Doll featuring Rico Nasty. It's called Amigos. I didn't know they had beef. They, yeah, they, can't they did. Stand they, each other. they can't. Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, they had an actual like physical fight. Those two hate each other. That's crazy. They got a song on Twitter now. Yeah, so I always thought, I'm like, bro, y'all went from making songs about how y'all best friends and now y'all can't stay on the side of each other. What the hell happened? So, yeah, that's one of my picks. Alex, I'm going to let you go next. Uh, I'm going to get my easy one out the way. KSG. Yeah. Got to talk about these niggas. Cuddy and Kanye. I am disappointed that they were never able to resolve their beef because Cuddy had an interview where he said he's going to take a miracle from them to be friends again. I was really looking forward to Kissy Ghost 2, which was in talks. And I know they had, I think they had some animation for a show, but I don't TV know show, if it was yeah. like, like fully fudged out. But now that like it's like official, that we're not getting any more collabs with these two great artists, it just, it's hard. It's, it's hard to take because like, I, I definitely wanted to see more from them because I know they work so well together as they have in the past. But I just, I guess there was too many like differences between them, so it just got in the way, which I can definitely understand because I know at some point it's just like, dude, I just there's so much shit in the past. I just can't. It's hard for me to look at you and like be around you or just it's it's just hard. I understand, but yeah, I was thinking about it since we're all going to the tour, the Kid Cudi tour. I was like, damn. I don't even think he's going to be performing anything from there. And like, I really, I really want to hear Reborn live, bro. But I just. Oh, that would have been beautiful. Uh, it's The beef is just, it's in the way, bro. It's unfortunate. Beef is too strong. Yeah. So that's, that's my first pick. That's my first pick. All right. So I had to listen to this track in order to wipe probably one of the worst diss tracks I've heard in the past decade out of my brain. And it comes from a guy who is great at diss tracks and is great at just, you know, barring up and making people feel humiliated on tracks. So the track I'm referring to is We Ain't by Game and Eminem off of uh, the documentary. Now, mind you, anyone who's listened to the podcast knows I'm a huge Game fan. Uh, did I like Dramatic? It has its highs, but it also has some lows. It's it's all right. It's overall a really solid album for real, for real. But you go on a whole, whole, whole press run with Eminem's name in your mouth. I can't even hold you. Like, at first, when it was just a Drink Champs interview, I was like, ooh, competition. I love that in hip-hop, especially between, like, real lyricists. Oh, I think I even said this. I was like, oh, this might be one of the most interesting, like, duels we have in hip-hop in, like, years. If it ends up being something. Yeah. Now that we finally got the first shot with the Black Slim Shady, I take all that back. I take all that back. It is 10 minutes, 10 minutes of game. <laughs> after he after he said, oh, I ain't never heard no Eminem song. That I, he does nothing but Eminem flows and Eminem. He does nothing but Eminem flows and literally mimics Eminem songs. He, copy, he, he almost does Stan word for word, bar for bar, but if Stan was a black guy. <laughs> what the fuck yes and so i had to go back and i had to listen to uh we ain't off the documentary and remind myself of when they were united and it's a really great track it's one of my favorites off the documentary um, mm-hmm. um 
Because it's just the, just the two of them talking about, yeah, what up? We Dre's kids. Aftermath, bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's literally the song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't listen to a single song from Joe Maddox. So I just saw that he dissed Eminem and then niggas wasn't fucking with it. So I was just like, damn, that's crazy. All I got to say is, Dre, control your sons. <laughs> Man, they, they wilding out, bro. Come get them. <laughs> Does anyone... Does anyone have any other tracks? Because uh, I'm think because I can think of a few. But does anyone have any other uh, tracks from rappers who have had beef? To be clear, are we doing like rappers who have beef now or rappers who beef? Period. Rappers who have beef. Period. Or rappers who have beef right now. It's both. Okay. Yeah, All right, so I do want to say I kind of thought this was funny that Big Sean put a bunch of niggas who don't like Sada Baby on a song with Sada Baby. I thought that was funny. I'm talking about the uh, Friday Night Cypher. I'm like, bro, you can't shoot a video with this. Everybody going to jump his ass. <laughs> Big Sean is probably the only person out of the Detroit scene that is really riding with Sada Baby for real, for real. You said who? I said, Detroit, I said Big Sean is probably the only person out of the Detroit scene that really, like, tries to get Sada Baby. <laughs> really, like, is riding with Sada Baby. And understandably so. Like, from everything I've seen, he's a bitch. Like, Great. I'm only saying this because as an artist, I have no intention of ever wanting a feature from him. So, you know, I'll, I have no problem burning. <laughs> I can count this nigga. I don't plan to work on him. Yeah. This is everybody. The T Grizzly beef is understandable. That's just some contract disputes. Man dissed Eminem and Royce for no goddamn reason, though. No reason. And then it's like, okay, bet. If you try to do a video, the three of them going to beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was just funny to me. All right. So one of mine that I have is actually from one of the most, I still think it's one of the most random beefs to ever happen in hip hop, uh, Ice Cube and Common. But they actually got together on a song where they're in the same movie because now both of them, you know, if you ask like people like a little younger than their respective generations, they think of them mostly for actors. So they What's did a Ice song. Cube you? He's an actor. Huh? <laughs> That's sad. Uh, no, song. no. That's what I'm saying. That's terrible. But like, yeah. So like, they did a song for Barbershop Three together called "Real People," and after they have literal diss tracks out talking about like how they want to like hurt each other. The song is all about love and how they're real people at the end of the day. I find this hilarious. That's growth right there, bro. That's like, what money will do. They, they woke up that check. They woke up that check and they was like, oh, yeah, you, you high, nigga, you high. And also, I kind of have to point out the obvious one, you know, one of the most iconic beefs to happen in hip hop in the past, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And then with Drake and Meek and they come back with Going Bad, kind of have to point that out. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. One of the standout songs off of championships. I think that's the only song I like off of championships. <laughs> Are you for real? I don't, I don't really remember listening to championships as like in depth as other albums, but I think that was one of like the few songs where I was like, oh shit, okay. All right, but um, what was I saying? Yeah, so that beef I, though, that was one of the most. That was following that beef was so fun, bro. I remember like all the edits that came out. Yeah. I remember uh. It was like Ray Rod or some nigga off Instagram. Yeah, bro, bro. His edits were going crazy. And he was like, we were following the story of the beef and everything. That was so much fun. I remember I was at my grandparents' house during that summer. Mm -hmm. 
and like i just remember like going like refreshing my instagram page and like listening to the tracks back and bruh like i know exactly where i was when i heard back to back for the first time bruh and i was like this nigga getting flayed bruh so I is that a world tour your girl's tour oh my god the same when she meant when she told you to open up more <laughs> man it makes sense. Not- fingers turn to twitter fingers bruh so many iconic lines on that shit dog my god uh yeah. Nat, what are your thoughts on uh going bad or do you have any other tracks from rappers who have had beef that you want to talk about i mean since we're talking about icons we got to talk about how nas and jay-z are both on sorry not sorry yeah, yeah. we we could also talk about black republican they got for people who have had one of the most iconic beefs of all time they have a couple tracks together for they got they got a handful of tracks yeah, together yeah from went from going hey fuck jay-z you been on my dick i'll fuck with your soul like ether from that shit over here making songs together it, i guess it's, it's weird because like time is the ultimate healer because like yeah. so it's just like you can have so much hatred for a person and then just like over time it's just kind of like eh, it's, it was it's whatever now they they i you know and then you can like get in the same studio or like be on the same song together that's that's crazy i want everyone to know if i end up having beef with anyone in the game Dog, we are not coming back together after so <laughs> many years. He said, I'm taking the beef to the grave, dog. There's no coming back. Bro, I, I was listening, I was listening to uh Ray Vaughn's song Picking Cherries, and literally he said, If I say fuck you, it's fuck you for life. I feel that. I mean that. That's if I say fuck you, it's fuck you for life. I, so I, that, I, I feel that too, in a way, yeah. So in this case, the best way to end the show. Fuck you, Alex. <laughs> nigga, what? <laughs> I saw a nigga more picks. Fuck you. <laughs> not into this shit yet, boy. The hell? Nah, nah, nah. I had to fuck with you for the one time. This fucking nigga. But uh, nah, I uh, I wanted to talk about Migos before we actually close this shit out real quick because they're actually going through a beef currently, or. We we we're kind of aware that they're going through a beef or a breakup, but like they're no no one's confirming it yet. So yeah. offset there's definitely some tension. To, huh? There's definitely some tension. Yeah, offset's trying to start his own solo career and lead the group, but and I think uh our offset our, uh Quavo and Takeoff making their own music too. Yeah, Unconfused. Yeah, <laughs> Unconfused. So they're having a beef right now, but like they're amigos. So like we've had so many good collabs in the past with uh, everything culture two and back. Cause I feel like anything after that is just kind of like uh, kind of questionable. But they have some of the most like iconic bars, one of the most iconic groups in recent history for hip hop. But now I think it's coming to a close. I knew they were like on the rocks when they were on. They were all doing their own solo projects. Where uh, I was, uh, Quavo and Travis, and then uh, Offset, and then Twenty One Savage had their uh, collab projects, and then they had each had their own solo project. And I was like, oh dang, these niggas like really trying to like branch out, out, and like do their own shit. But now I think it's official that like they're they're just done. So it's sad to see, but I think it was coming to a close, especially after Culture Three, bruh, that phoned in ass album. I just feel like the chemistry isn't as close-knit as it used to be and they're kind of running out of ideas so i think offset breaking off is the best 
I think that was the best thing for him to do, honestly, because I feel like he's he's kind of like the star now, or like he has the most potential to survive on his own. So I saw a tweet today that said that that said, "quote I thought Quavo was the Beyonce of the Migos. I didn't realize it was Offset. I peeped that shit too. Yeah, honestly, bro, Offset hopping on that Baby King beat for a uh, five four three two one. That joint was hard. I can't even lie. He he ran that. He ran that hoe. But now, uh. Nat, what do you think about, you know, the Migos' current tension? I think it's really crazy when you think about the fact that they're not just a group. Like, them niggas is related, like blood. They be seeing each other at family reunions, and this shit is happening. It's like, I feel like they were one of those groups where the three of them were best together like there was no weak link of the group of course everybody had their favorite Migo Michael's take off but I felt oh, like <laughs> yes so, side note I don't care the last rock rocket that was the best project out of all their solo shit take off Washington yes rocket was better don't don't you better not try and act like Quavo shit was better it wasn't well, that wasn't Honestly. what I was gonna say at all why are you making that face Offset probably had the best. I pray it was like uh, Father Rocky. of Four. Father of Four. Yeah, Father of Four is fire, bro. So was Rocket. That shit was. I don't care. Rocket was art. Rocket had a couple songs, but I feel like I, Father of Four. I feel like he had way more. Father hit. of Father of Four is a way more cohesive project, in my opinion. Yeah. Nah, I'm not about to let y'all gang up on me. I'm gonna stand on what I'm saying. Takeoff had the best one. We're not ganging up. We just happen to agree. Like, nope, 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 nope. I think Takeoff is the best. Well. I I used to think Takeoff was the best Migo, like post culture two, and then I started to think Offset was the best one. But like, I think I Offset had the best project. Like I just Offset, Offset, Offset. No. <laughs> but not. Nah, um... It's a crazy point to bring up because like they are related and like they are family. So like, how is that gonna work when they see each other? Like, are they just like gonna avoid each other now, or is it like a? Is it not really a beef? Are they just like breaking up? Like what? What's going on? I honestly think that it's just. Oh, go ahead. You got it. Now. I was gonna make a joke. I was trying to say they're gonna be a family reunion. You know, takeover gonna be like Offset pass the mac and cheese. He'd be like, no, nigga, get your own mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gonna have a. Whole... It's just gonna be like that. They're gonna be fighting over whose house to host a. They're gonna be fighting over whose house to host Thanksgiving at. Yes. Um, bro. Whatever that shit happened, it's definitely not gonna be pretty. I just. I wish them the best in their endeavors. And who do you Who's think gonna, is going to like be better, Offset or um, fucking Unkin Few? <laughs> I think Offset's going to have a bigger career. Yeah, I, I'm giving it to Offset right here, right now, because that Unk, nah, not the, not the, not the first Unkin Few single, but the one that we were going to do a first impressions on with Gucci Mane. That joint was not it. Like it was cool it was on first listen, but me. if you try like replay, it's not it. No. I think they were trying a thing where it was like, oh, we can just replace Offset with Gucci Mane, and it, we still have our three. But it was like, no, they they were trying to operate within that same style, and it was it wasn't working. But nah, um, what I was gonna say is who because it's pretty obvious that you know, Migos has been the premier group for a while now. So who's possibly gonna take that spot for real? For real? What groups are like upcoming now? Like a trio? Uh, that's the thing. Personally, I categorize duos as a whole other section, or else I obviously would have said Earth Gang. But 
in terms of the actual like definition of a group, they're already kind of established, but Griselda needs to have another group project, kind of like how they did when they first got on Shady. Yeah. Now with their status in order to, in my opinion, be the premier group. They're great as a label, but now let's see if they can come back and establish themselves as a group. You get what I'm saying? I don't think I they think really it. count. Huh? I, I, think yeah, I was going to say that too. Yeah, they don't count. Right like, now. I think they're too many. Me. To, sorry now, I'll let you talk. I was going to say, saying Griselda would be the same thing you said. I think TDE could be the next group or Griselda could be, not Griselda, or Dreamville could be the next group. It's not the same thing. Like the Migos are a group. They're not a label. They're three niggas who do music together consistently, or at least they were. Griselda is a collective of niggas who are all talented and all do their own shit and every once in a while come together. So that's not the same thing at all. Here's the thing, but all those are under Griselda records. When you talk about Griselda as a group, everyone knows it's the main three, like Benny Conway and uh Benny Conway and West though. Okay, so would you call earlier TDE, would you have called Kendrick Lamar, J Rock, and Schoolboy Q a group? Black Hippie, yes. That's not a group. That's just what they called themselves when they came together. They have a whole mixtape to, uh, under that name. That that does that not classify them as a group? No, I think they're too much of individuals to consider them a group. Like I think for it to be a group, you have to like be within like that group and like bounce off of each other. And like now that you can't have a solo career, but like they were individual artists before they were a group. So it's like they're only coming together for that project, and then they, they go back to their own thing. It's like. I think with a group, it has to be like a, we con we consistently put out stuff together where it's like we are this and this is what we do, not like a oh I'm this person but I'm coming together with this other people these other people to create something. Right, okay. it's like they are solo artists who just so happen who are collabing and like when they collab they just so happen to give it a name so that they don't have to list all their names. That does not make them a group. I yeah, you wouldn't like you wouldn't say Kitsy Ghost is a group. I consider them a duo. Those are just two niggas. It's just two niggas coming together. Just two right? niggas. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. You know, I'll I'll take. Like, the no, L like you, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take the L on this one. I'm tweaking. I'll, Think I'll, about it as like Casey Ghost versus Run the Jewels, bro. Like one is a clear like duo, yes. and the other is just like a we're just coming together. Okay, I see. I I see the point of what you're saying. I get yeah. the angle of like dynamics and all that, but. If we're going off the, if your argument is just there are two dudes coming together, LP and Killer Mike both had established solo careers before Run the Jewels. And then they came together to become Run the Jewels, which is a group. Yeah, but see, they're more established as Run the Jewels, though. Yeah. So, does, so is that the distinguishing point? What they're more, what they're more established as? Is that what you're saying? Look, they've done solo shit in the past, yes. But they came together and like, okay, this is what we are. This is a permanent thing. We yeah. make music together. That's like that. And then you got niggas like, like Fanagram and Big Boy, how they made an album and called themselves Big Grams. The three of them are not a electronica group. They just three niggas who did a project together. Well, a nigga and two white people who did a project together. <laughs> Big Grams. Distinguished high. Yeah, like, so, cool. I'll take I'll, I'll take the L. It's 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 all right. You y'all got that. Y'all got that. All right. I I, I had more ammo to lock in on you, bro. I was giving out more examples. But, yeah. bro, I just wanted to raise the conversation. Honestly, I don't care. Y'all got that. No, it was a solid conversation. Griselda's not a group. They a collective of niggas. Yeah.
everything is a conversation. I think I don't think there is like an actual like group or duo that's like on the come up right now where it could be like a this is who's gonna like not replace Migos, but like be the next person that has like the limelight on them. I think everyone is kind of like in an individual state or I'll, I'll take your point and I'll raise you Coast Contra coming out of the West Coast right now. You've okay. probably seen you've probably seen their uh freestyle over JID's never be go viral. You've seen the clip of one of all guys like oh fucking hell. I'll I'll send it to you. But Coast Contra coming out of uh, the West Coast right now. Uh two of them are the sons of I think one of them is the son of Razcaz, one of them's from Columbia. They just dropped an album called Department 505. Uh they've got a festival spot in May in America. They're headlining a festival called Halifax uh in a couple weeks. Like yeah. They're up, they're up and coming, and do I? They, I think they're in a different lane as the Migos because they're not. They're more. Let's just say they're more of a purist group than necessarily like the sound that we would attribute to the Migos. But I can still see them having that same star power because of how well they all bounce off of each other. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. When there's like a collective like effort to like work together like really well, it it shows. And like yeah. the chemistry between people, like you can like tell when it's like actually genuine, genuine, and it's not phoned in. Yeah, so I'll send their latest album in the group chat because it's actually pretty good. But no, uh, did anyone have any like last where... minute? Huh? I completely forgot where we were going. We we went into a whole different like thing, but to go back to our original uh topic of just like music, we of like just like music and like collab that we like from people who have beef uh does anyone else have anything else to say before we like kind of close this out uh i wanted to talk about kanye and drake a little bit even though their beef is kind of like finished now uh i remember when the beef was like going strong i was listening that was listening to forever with uh him kanye eminem and lil wayne and i was like damn is this shit ever gonna happen again and then niggas no. went on tour together so i was like oh okay i guess i guess it's okay now <laughs> I was like, dang, forever. I remember crank that forever was like one of like the first Drake songs that like I really got into. So I was like, damn, these niggas beefing now, bro. That's crazy. If you can't do for if you can't spit forever word for word, I'm not so sure if I could trust you for for. <laughs> I need every single verse memorized word for word. One of my favorite parts of uh forever is the video, and during Eminem's verse, you can see Slaughterhouse in the back, and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, that actually goes into my next pick. So Slaughterhouse, uh, they kind of, they all kind of have beef because Joel Ortiz and uh King Crooked decided to do an album called The Fall of Slaughterhouse, even though Joe, but without telling Joe Budden or Royce the Five Nine. That's that was wild. Kinda, what the yeah. fuck? They Five named G- it The Fall of Slaughterhouse. Yes, The Fall of Slaughterhouse. That's wild. <laughs> And so it's kind of insane because, you know, obviously we know that uh, Joe is more of a media personality now. And so Royce was kind of like, if Joe ain't rapping, I'm not rapping when it comes to Slaughterhouse. So it was what it was. But uh, apparently Crooked and Joel, King Crooked and Joel, they were trying to, like, get the group to, like, do more stuff together because, you know, excuse me, that's a big part of all four of their careers. And so they were trying they were trying to make something happen. Uh, they brought a label deal together because, you know, they just got off of Shady because uh, Eminem and Paul were holding Glass House in a little vault somewhere. And so, yeah, basically, um, 
it ended up with the fall of slaughterhouse being an album and then next thing you know they all started yelling at each other on instagram live and i got to watch one of them and i got to watch arguably my favorite rap group of all time fall apart through an instagram live <laughs> that's all i can say that's funny as shit niggas did it for the world to see <laughs> And then Royce the Five Nine got on Joe Budden's podcast, and they just kind of did, and they just kind of did a little. They they just did more of the same, just talked for real, for real. Yeah. But the sad thing is, bro, I really thought that we were gonna get another Slaughterhouse album because of uh, I I really thought that there might be a chance. I thought I remember you talking about like Slaughterhouse and everything with them. I loved I like because of how much of an Eminem baby I am. Like I love Slaughterhouse. They're pro- there's no arguably about it. They probably are my favorite hip hop group of all time. It's between them and Wu Tang. It depends on the day, bro. Oh yeah, I was, I, I was about to say. <laughs> nah. Um. Anyone? Any last words, or can we, you know, uh, bring this to a close? Just, you just hit the whoa. I do want to bring up. I don't know if I would consider this a beef per se, but this artist has definitely talked shit about this artist saying that he doesn't fuck with him. I'm going to say Denzel Curry, you know, leaving Raider Clan and that whole situation. Yeah. Space Ghost Perp was talking shit and, you know, he went a little too, you know, the whole beef with ASAP Mob and, you know, he went a little too far. And Denzel Curry was like, nah, fuck all that shit. Fuck that nigga. I don't condone that shit at all. And, you know, they was in a whole collective together. And now Denzel Curry don't really fuck with him like that. Yeah. Doing too much. We are never getting a Ranger Clan reunion. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't think it's like a beef. I think it's just a thing where it's like, a, yeah, we don't, we don't really care about that. Megan, like, no we, we won't entertain each other. It's like we mutually don't fuck with each other. But at the same time, we're not going to emphasize the fact that we don't fuck with each other. I'm going to yeah. do my shit. You're gonna do your shit, and we just gonna stay out of each other's way. That's more of what it is. Yeah, yeah. I saw an interview from Denzel a while ago, talk where they asked him about Perp, and he was like, "I don't know what he up to. He don't know what I up to. We keeping it moving." Yeah, yeah. and I think Denzel said something about the lines that I thought was kind of that I thought was kind of funny. He was like, "I hope he knows what I'm up to, like on some petty shit." Yeah, he knows how I'm succeeding, and he's barely selling out shows. Yeah, barely selling shows even. <laughs> But yeah, we're we're never getting a Raider Clan reunion, that's for sure. Yeah. Too far gone. Very much so. Um yeah. Unless like anyone it. else is anything unless anyone else has anything to say. Ha 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 ha. No, no, no. You just a fire ASAP Rocky bar though. Pardon? I was just saying like that shit did give us a fire ASAP Rocky bar. It it did. It really, really did. God of black, but your name is purple, and I'm the god of that. That's hard. <laughs> That's completely yeah. irrelevant, but it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Open Mic Conversation, you know, best hip-hop podcast in all the land, you know, raw black voices from raw black people, you feel me? And uh, what else can I say? <laughs> Not this man, throwing up the Uchiha games. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no. Feel free to tune in every other week, bi-weekly. You know, we here, we locked in. Go follow us on all platforms at Open My Convo 301, you feel me? And uh, it's your boy, Steph, one-third of the OMC crew. And, you know, here with two of the best co-hosts in the world. I'm going to let them say their peace. But peace and love, arrivederci, adios, blessings, sayonara, deuces. That was a good outro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe Morales, one-third. We'll see you all next time.
uh follow us on social media and yeah stay tuned for a lot more content coming soon so for sure for sure be aware for that all right this is a goodbye from your favorite co-host net be sure to tune in to all the content we drop because we be working hard all right we some hard working niggas so we need y'all to support these three hard working niggas see you